Good morning. Good morning. Morning and welcome, welcome on this beautiful Sunday morning to Lexington Christian Church in Lexington, Indiana. Amen. Welcome to everyone here and everyone uh, watching on social media. Uh, let's see, we have any birthdays to celebrate today? Nobody wants to admit it? Okay. Um, any anniversaries? I know they don't want to admit that. It's okay. Okay, well, we'll go over some announcements we have. Um, business meeting tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. Everyone, please come and uh, have a word, have a saying on what's going on in the business of our church. Um... The clothes that we have back there, the uh, last day they're going to be there, are going to be removed. So anyone that wants to go through the clothing in the back, please do so today or it'll be gone. Brother Mitch, you have a message. Yeah. Announcement. Announcement. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're having the Spiritual Warfare Conference again this year. It's uh, coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Uh, the 14th, Friday night, starts. Uh, we start eating chili at 5.30. And our church needs to provide the uh, fixings that goes with chili. So crackers, peanut butter, peanut butter sandwiches, celery, whatever. Anybody thinks of go with it. We need the desserts and drinks. And then uh, Saturday morning, we have uh, breakfast, which is going to be provided by... Uh, Brent's church and uh, that starts at 8.30 or 8 o'clock I think it is let me double check that I've got the information here I just don't have it in my head yet uh, starts at 8.30 8.30 to 9.15 is breakfast and uh, so we would like for you to come Everybody and bring, uh, bring a friend, a neighbor, enemy, <coughs> family member, whatever. Uh, we would really like to see some people saved. <laughs> uh, and that's, of course, the ultimate goal of this. But it's also teaching us about spiritual warfare, what it is, how to, uh, how to combat the, the, the evil that's around us, and how to be victorious in Christ. So... Come and learn and grow. Bring friends, family, neighbors, whatever. Bring folks with you. And uh, uh, we, will, we will have uh, music also that will be provided by Dan McDonald's sons again this year. And uh, so it ought to be a good time. So, yes. Yes, there are four different speakers. Uh, it will be... Uh, this year we're having Brent, Dan McDonald, because Herman is out of the country, uh, and uh, there's going to be uh, myself and David Leland again. So uh, we're not going to, we're all taking a different topic than we did last year, so it'll all be a little different than it was last year. So it's not a repeat. <laughs> all right. I also want to announce... Um, there'll be a short meeting after church today for the six-man quartet to meet. And also, anyone else that wants to be involved with the Christmas music, as we call it, 
kind of form a little choir each year. We want to do the same. Now, all the ladies, please, please show up. All right, let's get our worship started uh, with hymn number 104, Fairest Lord Jesus. Jim? sure to announce it again next couple of weeks okay everyone please stand let's sing number 104 fairest lord jesus Mitch, would you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father and God, we are so grateful, Lord, that we can be here on this beautiful Lord's Day in your presence, Lord, in your house. We know we're always in your presence. You promised you'd never leave us and never forsake us. But, Lord, we also know that there is something special when all of your people come together yes. in your name to worship you. Lord, we ask you to be with us this morning in a special way to teach us 
things that we need, things that will help us to draw closer to you and to one another. Lord, life is getting challenging here in America as well as around the world. And especially if you're a Christian, it's becoming more and more challenging. So, Lord, we ask your grace. We ask your blessing. We ask you to boost us in our faith. Boost us with boldness. Help us to stand for you no matter what. And, Lord, may you be lifted up and may you be glorified in this time that we spend together. In Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Be seated, please. Hymn number 118, Faith of Our Fathers. Faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon fire and sword oh how
communion hymn will be uh, 262. My Jesus, I love thee. My Jesus, I be brought by Brother John Klimek. High school track meets feature athletes running a variety of distances around a 400-meter oval. In the Midwest, the 3,200-meter run is the longest of those races. Runners race eight laps around the track. The race starts at the beginning of turn one. The 100-meter curve is followed by a 100-meter straightaway, then another 100-meter curve, and finally the 100-meter home stretch. The 3200 has 16 long 
turns and 16 straightaways between the start and finish of the race. No matter where the race is run, the track is the same. Each race finishes where it began. The beginning of the race is important, but not as critical as the end. Prizes aren't awarded until the end. Trophies are reserved for the finishers, although spectators and teammates often cheer and shout encouragement. The runner's relationship with the start-finish line is what matters most in, in the race. The runners step over the start-finish line nine times during the race. In all but the final crossing, the line delivers the same message. Keep going. Finish. Every time a runner crosses the line, the longing to the finish grows stronger. As Christians, we too have a finish line upon which we focus. Amen. We may not realize, however, that every time we gather around this table, it should serve as a reminder that our race is continuing. Yes. The time at this table is like crossing the line that completes each lap. Mm. The, the Apostle Paul encouraged the believers in Corinth, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took a cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If the loaf and cup of communion could talk, they might offer this message. Keep going. The end of the race is drawing near. The longing to finish grows stronger every time we eat the bread, every time we drink. It builds our hope. Every time we gather, we realize that Jesus' promises are nearer now than when we first believed. Keep going until the end. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, today we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to remember the extraordinary sacrifice you made in sending Jesus, your beloved Son, to be with us. We thank you for his legacy in words, actions, and obedience to suffering on the cross. Lord, we come to you now to ask for forgiveness for any thoughts, words, or deeds that have not honored your name. We are also truly sorry for the times we have chosen to live selfishly rather than heed your calling. We invite you to inhabit our hearts now as we take communion, as we share this meal. Come bind us together as one family filled with your love. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that is at work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Let's take a moment silent meditation consider what what was uh, presented to the apostles and that uh, this communion will be uh, taken with the right mind and the right heart
when when the uh, apostles in Christ had their last gathering in the upper room, Jesus took the bread, broke it, and gave it to them and told them, eat, this is my body that will be sacrificed for remission of all sins. Let's all partake. like manner they took the cup poured it to the apostles and told them to drink this is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for the remission of sins let us all drink let's stand for the doxology Thirty-six. We are marching to Zion.
Bob has our special music today. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song Twill be the old, old story That I have loved so long I love to tell the story Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. To tell the old, old story of Jesus and his Beautiful. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. <clears throat> Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, boy. I missed something. Oh, time for the commercial break. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. Wayne wants to know. <laughs> All right, well, we're moving on here in uh, uh, the book of Mark, and today we're going to look at the segment of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and uh, this is uh, beginning in 
chapter 6 at verse 30 and uh, goes to the uh, verse 50. So, let's read it and then we will uh, break it down a little bit, see what we can glean from it. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving or recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. That number of men who had eaten was 5,000. I'm sorry, it stops there. <laughs> I missed the break. Thank you for standing for the Word of God. Please be seated. And so let's take a look at this. You know, there's so much that's been going on in all of the studies, all of the different teachings of Jesus not just by his words, but also by his very actions. You know, Jesus is the gospel. His whole life, not just what he said, but also what he did is the gospel. He is the living word. He is the gospel. When we have Jesus in us, we have the gospel living in us. Amen? Amen. And if you have the gospel living in you, you should be able to share it with others. Right, man? <laughs> Uh, because part of having that gift from God is having the boldness to be speak out for him and to share with folks what he has done for us. Now, here we can see what he done for a large crowd of people all at once. All at once. Uh, you know, the, the, the people all come together, the apostles. Now, this is the first thing. It says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Now, he had sent them out two by two. Remember, he had sent them out. They come back now and they make their report of all that they had done and all they had taught. Uh, you know, when, when your master sends you to do something, you come back and you report to him what you did. And he tells you, 
good job, but <laughs> you could have done this or you could have done that. There's usually a but, uh, at least in my experience, because <laughs> I almost always leave something out, and he reminds me, you should have said, <laughs> you should have done. Oh, forgot, Lord, sorry. And so, you know, they come back and they report, and then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had so much going on that you didn't even get a chance to eat? Sometimes it seems like when there's weddings and funerals and things like that, I have those days and don't even get to eat. And then they finally have a meal sometime later on, and sometimes I get to partake, sometimes I don't, and it don't matter. Uh, but those are busy times. And here's what he says to them because of all this. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's what Jesus says to us when our life gets rushed and hurried, when, when things get so crazy in our life we, we we're just rushing here rushing there we get this emergency we get that emergency we got this going on we got that going on and instead of allowing the devil to cause us to get frustrated and angry and and worried and upset and jumping up and down throwing fits he says come to me by yourself come to me to a quiet place and let's have some rest Take time away from all the crazy so that you don't become crazy too. <laughs> That's really what he's saying. Take time from the crazy. The spirits, they never stop. The evil spirits, the fallen angels, they never stop. They never stop the evil. So we have to sometimes, you know, all warriors have a limit. All warriors have a limit. They can do so much battle for so long without eating, without resting, but eventually they have to stop and they have to take a break. They have to take time to rest. They have to take time to eat. They have to take time to get their head right. And that's what he's saying here. You've been in the battle. You've been out, you've been out battling spirit, spiritually. You've been teaching the truth of my word. And the demons were angry at you. They tried their best to stop you and to stomp on you. <laughs> and... and because my word's more powerful than they are, you were victorious. But now you need, you've done enough for now. You need to stop, take a minute, rest, catch your breath, get rejuvenated. You know, you can only give so much out, and then you have to feed yourself again. And that's what he's saying to them, and that's what he's saying to you and to me. We can take so much, we can do so much, but then we have to take a moment for ourselves. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But, <laughs> there's one of them buts. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Here they didn't get their moment. <laughs> you know, in the boat they had a minute, but that was it. When you get there, all this crowd's waiting. They're waiting. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Jesus has compassion on us. 
You know, I'm, I'm so grateful that he has compassion on us because I certainly don't deserve it. <laughs> I certainly don't deserve it. But he gives us that grace. He extends his grace to us. And then he begins to teach. After this big crowd is there, it says he taught them many things. Just stop and think for a minute. Just stop and think about this. How would you like to have been there in that crowd while Jesus was teaching? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Sit there at the master's feet and hear directly from the mouth of God. But you know, a day's coming when we're going to do that. A day's coming when we will all get to experience that. Uh, things will be different, but nonetheless, we will have that opportunity, and I can't hardly wait. Uh, oh, I was so wrong. I'm sorry, Jesus. I was doing the best I could with what I had, but there's so much more, so much more, so much more than I realize. But I'm grateful that I understand what I do. And Jesus teaches us to this day. His Spirit teaches us. Little by little, as we read and study his word, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truths. He shows us this little nugget and that little nugget that we missed before. And all of a sudden now it's like, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. That makes perfect sense. And that's just what I needed. (laughs) It's just what I needed. And so it goes on here and says, by this time it was late in the day. So the disciples came to Jesus And they said, look, we're in the country. (laughs) We're out in the sticks. We're in Lexington, Indiana. There's nowhere to go. (laughs) He says, send them. They said, send them home. Send them away so that they can go and, and go out and find something to eat someplace. They've been here all day and they're probably hungry and tired. We need to get them out and get them fed. And Jesus says, no, no, I've got a different plan. I have a different plan. Uh, You know, you guys, you guys go feed them. What? (laughs) What do you mean? That's a lot of money there. That's a lot of money. How are we going to do that? Where are we supposed to get enough food to feed all these people? I said we're we're in a remote place, right? (laughs) You did catch that, didn't you? Where are we going to go? Even if we could afford it, where are we going to go to get it? There's nowhere around here. There's no McDonald's. (laughs) You know, and so I think there's a lesson in this for us. Maybe two. First of all, we need to learn to scrap our plans to follow his plan. Amen? Amen? And that's all a part of church administration, by the way, too. We may have our ideas, but we need to make sure it's his idea that we're doing, that we're following, okay? Because that's the only one that's going to succeed. That's the only one that's going to get us where he wants us to be. We may get where we want to be, but unless it's where he wants us to be, it's not the right place. And he just told them that, you know, he just told them that. And so the next thing then in this lesson is that When Jesus says to do something that sounds completely absurd and crazy, don't worry about it. 
if he tells you to do it, he's going to make a way for it to be done. He will provide the money. He will provide the means. He will provide whatever is needed. If it's his plan, he will provide the need. If it's my plan, he won't. So we have to learn to trust what he says. But we have to be sure that we recognize his voice, first of all, instead of someone else's. We have to make sure that we're in tune with him. And when he says it, we need to do it, not worry about it. We just need to do it because everything will fall in place. I've seen it time after time after time, and so have you. When we do what he says, it just works. It may not make sense. It may seem crazy, but it works. Why? Because it's him. Just like here. He said, you give them something to eat. And they said, it take eight months of a man's wages. Are you crazy? <laughs> but he, he had a way. And he, he just looks at them and says, okay, what do you have on hand? How many loaves do you have? He asks, go, go and see. And, you know, he goes, they go around and collect all that they can find from people. And they come back and say, <laughs> we have only five loaves and two little bitty fish, you know, bluegills. <laughs> what, what's that for this huge crowd? Lord, we told you, this is not a good idea. This ain't going to work. Now, again, Jesus has a different plan. And basically what he does is he says, trust me, trust me. We can make this work, trust me. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Makes it a little easier to count that way, right? And after they were seated... He says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Okay. We need to look at this for a minute. Five loaves of bread. These were round loaves, probably about like this. And two little fish, you know, maybe as big as your hand. There's 5,000 men plus women and children, okay? 5,000 men plus women and children. And like you and me, the disciples are looking at this going, ain't going to work, uh-uh, ain't going to work. You can't feed that many people with this little bit of stuff. Now, there are people who will tell you the lie that everybody got a little bitty crumb and a little bitty piece of fish. And somehow God made that sufficient. That's not what it says. It says they were all full. They were all got, they ate to their fill. Okay, so don't believe that lie. Another lie is, is that, oh, well, you know, there was really more than five loaves and two fish. That was all one person had. But the rest of them started kicking in and pretty soon they had enough for everybody. Again, that's not what the scripture says. We need to stick to what the truth is. And God's word is truth. 
Man's word, not so much, unless it agrees with God's word. And when they sat down in groups of 50s and groups of 100s, think about way back when and Israel was in wilderness. And here Moses was killing himself, trying to minister to everybody every day. What did he do? They ended up, they got leaders for 50s, leaders for 100s, leaders for 1000s. <laughs> and another principle that applies to them when they were in the wilderness, who fed them? The Lord fed them manna from heaven. You see, the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. When you have a true need and you trust him, he will meet that need. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, uh, I know that many people are prepping and preparing for the hard times that's coming, and that's wise and that's smart. But even if that's not enough... God can and will make it last for us as long as we keep our faith and our trust in him. He can multiply. There's been many recorded miracles of people like Heidi Baker, they call her Mama Heidi, going into Africa and to some of the worst parts and bringing children, literally, she got them out of the dump. They lived at the dump. People didn't want them. And especially little girls. They don't want them. They just throw them out at the dump. They're eating scraps, whatever. They sell their bodies to get food, whatever it takes. That's what they'd been doing. And then just thrown out in the trash. She took them all in. And it's recorded at one time that she had 300 of these orphans. And she had enough food for five. And all the children are starving and they're looking at that little bit of food saying, what are we going to do? She looked up to heaven and she prayed. And as she prayed, she served. And she just kept praying and kept serving. And every one of them ate and was filled. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever forever his love didn't stop when the gospel was written (laughs) his miracles didn't stop when the gospel was written he still does what needs to be done to meet the needs of his people he always will that's a promise that is a promise he promised he would meet our needs and so We have all of this going on, and the disciples, can you imagine being there? Here here they just said, there's no way, this can't happen. And Jesus looks up, blesses, breaks the bread and hands it to them, and they start passing it out. Can you imagine when they get the first hundred done, they're thinking, what? And then the next fifty, what? And then the next hundred, what? And then pretty soon, the whole group is eating, and they're thinking, that's not possible. That's not possible. Where did this come from? How could he do that? That's just not possible. God has power over nature. 
He is God, the creator. You know, I shared this with Mark a week or so ago. And I was reading again in the gospel the story about the man who was blind. And Jesus began to heal him. And he spit and he made mud and he put it on his eyes. I always wondered why he did that. What are we made from? We're made out of dirt. He was recreating the man's eyes. See, in, in Hebrew, man is Adam. You know, we always call him Adam, but it's Adam. <laughs> it, it is man. That's what the word means. Earth, the ground, the earth is called Adama. You see the relationship between man and the dirt? That's where we came from. That's why there's that relationship. Christ recreated the man's eyes. Don't tell me he can't. He can. He does. And he will when it's his will, not when it's mine. We can't rub him the right way and get him to do what we want. We can't beg and plead and get him to do what we want. We have to be in agreement and accept what he wants. If it's his will for me to go totally blind, I'm okay with that. I can handle it because I'll never be in the dark. I'll always walk in the light. If it's his will for me to, you know, to, to suffer some, some other illness, hey, I'm okay with that. I will accept it because it's what he wants. But if it's the devil trying to stop me, that's a different matter. When the devil puts something on us, then we say, Lord, get me through this. Lord, what, what's going on? Lord, teach me what I need to learn. Show me what I need to do. Help me to get through this. And then we need to listen to what he says. Because sometimes he'll say, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> sometimes the problem ends. And sometimes he says, you know what? There's a lesson for you. Just keep your eyes and your heart open. You will learn from this. But he divided the bread, then he divided the fish, and it says they all ate and were satisfied. Now, it doesn't say they all had crumbs and were filled. <laughs> it says they all ate and were satisfied. Now, I don't know, many of you uh, probably don't eat as much as I do, but <laughs> it would have taken quite a bit just for me. <laughs> I could have probably ate the five loaves and the two fish by myself. <laughs> and it says, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men were 5,000. That doesn't include the women and the children. The number of men were 5,000. So it could have been as many as 10,000 or more, depending on if they were all married and all had a wife and kids with them. We don't know, but we do know there were at least 5,000 men. And they all ate. They were all filled. And from two fish, two little fish, and five loaves of bread, they took up 12 basketful of scraps left over. Wow. 
That's my God. That's my God. He is able. He is willing. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. He wants to give us more than we're willing to accept usually. Why? Because we think we're self-sufficient. We think we can do it on our own. And that hinders his work. By our own mindset, our own attitude, by the culture that we live in, we often restrict the work of God just by our thinking, by our way of saying, oh, I got this. (laughs) Do you really? (laughs) I don't think anymore that I can get anything without him. Without him, I'm not able to do anything. And I think the scripture bears that out because it says without him we are nothing. Nothing plus nothing equals nothing plus God equals everything. Everything. So then the question becomes how are we doing with that? Are we trying to be a zero and add zero? Are we trying to be nothing without God? Trying to handle it on our own and do it without God? And, and, and live and, and, and love and work on our own? Or do we want more? Do we want perfection? Because God is perfect. You add God into your life and you get perfection added in. Does that make us perfect? No. Not in our eyes and not in this life. But perfection is working on us. And we become more perfect than we were before. In God's eyes, we are perfect. Because the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cleanse all sin. So when God looks down, he smiles. He sees us in our, in our cleansed state. Does that mean he doesn't, that he overlooks the sins that we do? No, it doesn't. But. He's there waiting for us to confess it and repent of it and move on. You see, he's able. He's able. He's willing. No matter what the need is, no matter what the challenge is, God is there. Now, does that mean that every time somebody's sick, we can pray over them and they're going to be healed? No, it doesn't. I've learned that. If the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says to pray for this person and I obey, something happens. Sometimes they're healed. Sometimes they're just strengthened. But we must listen to what the Holy Spirit says. We may have a broken heart for somebody that's suffering and we may pray for them. But if we try on our own to reach out and touch them and pray for them, On our own. Oh, I've rebuked this illness in the name of Jesus and all that. It won't work. But if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says do that and we obey, you'll be amazed at what God does. It's not what you do. It's not what I do. It's what he does. But he wants to use us as his instruments. We are his hands and his feet. We are his mouthpiece if we allow him to use us. And in order for that to happen, we have to walk a life of purity. And we have to listen 
and we have to obey. So, that being said, how are we doing with that? Does our faith allow us to even believe that's possible? If not, we need to work on our faith. And we need to reread his word. Because what the apostles did, you and I can do. You don't believe that? Read it for yourself. He sends us all out as his disciples. He empowers us to overcome the evil spirits. He wouldn't allow us to go out and be defeated. Can we be? Absolutely. If we're not living right, if we have sin in our life, or if our faith fails us, we will fail when when the evil comes. But when we are living as best we know how, according to his word, when we're walking with him, when we're listening to him and obeying what he says, nothing, 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 no one, nothing can defeat you. Because God said, if I'm for you, who can be against you? Think about that. Those out uh, on the website listening, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We love you, and we pray God's grace, mercy, and love to you. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Let's all stand and sing number 382, Glory to His Name. And if you do have a need, please come and see us. the cross where my
seated, please. Did I mention any other messages that you want uh, to give to us? Nope. That's all. Bible class tonight, 5 o'clock. I can do that. I've practiced. All right. Praise the Lord. Feel like you've been in church this morning? Amen. All right. Let's, let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and praise because you are with us. Lord, we are so grateful that you died on the cross and shed your blood, paying the ultimate price of death so that we wouldn't have to. As we leave, let us rejoice that you are our Savior, that you have died in our place and resurrected with a promise that we too will rise from the dead and be with you. Help us, Lord, to focus on these things and to not let the things of the world to cause us to have negative thoughts and pull us away from you, but to keep our focus on you and the beautiful things that you've created and that you have done. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm in this family of God. I'm so glad.